You can kick in your fancy yells. You can take them by the flagon. But the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. The Golden King of Abrakan is a merchant ruler driven by advice. Unlike other Haradrim kings, he holds little hatred in his heart for the folk of Gondor, seeing more profit in illicit trades than in open war. Nevertheless, the king fears the Dark Lord, and so the Golden Army of Abrakan marches for the Pelennor in Sauron's name. Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Green Dragon Podcast, your podcast for all things Lord of the Rings strategy battle game. I'm your host Matt, and I have here with me today David. And Kylie, and thanks for that reading, David. That was fantastic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, as you've heard, we're talking about the Golden King of Abrakan today, a Games Workshop uh, invention, and one of the most interesting special rules that we've probably ever heard in this game. Okay, so what do I think? What do I think? Okay, um, the Golden King of Abrakan. He comes in at a total of 115 points. He has a move value of 6 which is kind of strange since they're carrying around a big chair thing. You'd think that would slow them down, but no. They're particularly well-muscled carriers. Well, yeah, that's true. That's I don't know if you've anyway. at them. Okay. All right. All right. So he has a fight value of five, shoot value four plus, strength four, although not really, defense five, four attacks, four wounds, courage four, two might, six will, to fate, Golden King and his bearers are represented by a single model with a combined profile shown above. The components of this model cannot be attacked or wounded separately. Once the Golden King is reduced to zero wounds or is otherwise removed as a casualty, remove the entire model from play. Treat the Golden King's control zone as being one area within one inch of each bearer's base. So I've seen a lot of people put him on a uh, bike base, a GW bike base. Don't Which like is it. interesting. I, I don't no, know if that... don't like it. You don't like that? Uh, no. Why, I, why would that be? I think I like the two circle bases because it adds a different dynamic to the model. I think it adds a truer dynamic to the model. Okay, no, I think fair enough. I, I can see a lot of people using the bike base simply because it's easier to put it together that way. And Yeah, I can it, see that too. It's kind of not as funny in moving it around. To so, be honest, you should be on an oval base like Bogs. Yes, like agreed. That would, that would be ideal. If you're having trouble getting the spacing on the base, you need to get one of the um, Wuthering Movement trays because that is the spacing it was designed for. Yeah. Is so he can slot into one of those trays. That's very true. Perfect. But yeah. I think the reason that a lot of people don't like you putting it on the bike base is you don't really want models showing up on the wrong size base. So once the Golden yeah. King goes on a bike base, then the Haradrim King goes on the bike base, then somebody puts the Moomark onto the... It just yeah. goes downhill from there. Yeah, agreed. Personally, I, I think it's a bit of a special case in that regard, and I, I wouldn't mind it being on the bike base, but that's yeah. just my opinion. And if, so. if you're about to go to a tournament with it on a bike base, just ask the TO and see what he thinks. Anyway, Wargear, he has a two-handed weapon, a two-handed sword to be precise. The Golden King's throne also counts as a banner, although it does not hinder the Golden King in any way. He does not suffer minus one penalty for carrying it. Which is also kind of redundant because he has the special rule chop. The Golden King does not suffer the minus one penalty for wielding a two-handed weapon. That's interesting, isn't it? Because the guys who are carrying him are clearly going to struggle to be doing much chopping. So is he just swinging his sword around in circles, just carving everyone down? Is that and the idea? does his sword reach to the ground, or does he have to get out to fight people and then climb back up for the move phase? Or 
Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, it, it seems like it's one of those models where the uh, practicality of his movements is not quite taken into account in his profile. Maybe he has like knives strapped to his feet, so he just kicks people. Yes, oh, that's a great idea. So you can check the model. Crazy. Does he have knives strapped to his feet? No, he does not. <laughs> Pity. I'm sorry. Hey, hey, conversion although, opportunity. Although he is resting his feet on the guy in the front, on his head. So that guy has a sword, yeah. so he kicks that guy, and that guy stabs people. I figure it's like riding an elephant, where you, you push the elephant behind the ears to tell him which way to go. So you mentioned what uh, Chop was? Yeah. Yeah, so he it's essentially one, burly. He has one more special rule, which is the be-all and end-all of his special rules. So if you think you couldn't top the plus one to wound for free from the two-handed weapon... I'll get prepared. Oh, I'll get prepared. Riches beyond renown... The lure of money can do much to change a man's allegiance. The Golden King can expend any number of will points if an enemy hero takes a courage test within 12 inches. The enemy's courage is reduced by one for every point of will the Golden King expends. Note that the Golden King, the Golden King can wait for the courage test dice to be rolled before deciding whether or not to expend his will. If both players wish to alter their result, they must both secretly indicate how much they wish to alter it by, with a minimum of one being used, and reveal that simultaneously. So this tells us a few things. One, mind game shenanigans all over the place. This how is your poker face? Yeah. And how much will did he have again? Six. So it's not only the opportunity for the mind games is that I use some resources, you use some. It's also the just sheer show up and kill. It's you look at the enemy character and go, you don't actually have enough resources to resist this. Yeah, you can bully your way through it, or you can get creative with it. There's so many different ways of doing this. The opportunities are endless. Endless, I tell you! And you can generally gauge how good a player is by how well they can use this model. Yeah, I think the idea is uh, you want to be looking at what your opponent's doing as well. You want to be taking very careful uh, appreciation of how your opponent's acting to try and get the best use out of the Golden Mm. King's will. It's one of those really psychological models where it's very player on player as well as, um, you know, statistics in the game. Yeah, I I agree. And he can do so much. I mean, he's got four attacks, a couple points of might, obviously the will special with the riches beyond renown, but he also counts as a banner too. So when you bring in the um, Abrakan Merchant Guard, which are sort of the guys he's meant to lead, a unit of 12 of them and the Golden King, deadly warband. Like, you got a banner, you got plus one to wound with the chop for free. So much damage can come from one small unit, and it's only like 198 points, I think it is, off the top of my head. Very, very nasty unit. And it's the perfect unit for him to be mixed with because they excel at very quickly taking your opponent apart and and just chopping them to pieces, as the rule suggests. And then his rule goes to work once they're broken. Yeah, I think we should probably talk about how to use this model in terms of his primary special rule because a four-attack model such as him is pretty easy, easy to work out. His riches beyond renown is a tricky one to get your head around it sometimes. Yeah, for sure. So, what's something you could take in tandem with him, maybe, to to force that courage rule? Ring well, Wraith. Well, not just Ring Wraith. Ring Wraith is obviously the first choice. Sap will your opponent's target, mm-hmm. force them to burn will. I actually feel that Ring Wraiths probably aren't the best choice in the world to do. Two Ring Wraiths. 
I'm actually a big fan of specters and barrowites. Now, I'll explain my reasoning behind this. You put bring a specter, uh, sorry, bring a barrowite and bring three or four specters into your army. You have the Golden King there as well, so you have like a the ruins of Karnak army going with the Golden King marching through it. And you basically use your spells from the barrowite on the enemy heroes and make them go, what would you prefer to do? Resist this spell or uh, cop it? Because if they resist the spell, the specter can come in and force them to take a courage test, at which point you make them walk towards you. If they do resist the spell, they spend their will, which means they're open to the, the specter pool. And if they don't resist, they're on the ground paralyzed, at which point the Golden King walks up with goes, I have four attacks, now doubling because you're trapped. So I have eight attacks at plus one to wound. Strength four. Strength four. Yikes. Have fun. That's I can faint too if I really want to. So, yeah, uh, looking at that, is the Abrican Guard the best warband to be putting him with, do we think? Or uh, I've like seen, how, what kind of composition are you going to use him in? I've seen a lot of people run him um, with a 6-6 six, six warband. So six Abrican Guard and six Horizon Warriors with Spears. I don't mind this uh, pattern or this way of running them, but I actually think that just running a flat warband of Abrican is a little bit more efficient because you get more bang for your buck. He has a banner. He's on a very large base because of the the palaquin or whatever you call it. So you can get more area effect off your banner. You spread them out. You can easily get eight of those 12 models into combat and surrounding your opponent because that's what you really want to do with the Abrakan is you want to surround. How would you feel about uh, using the Spectre tactic, perhaps going the six Abrakan guard uh, backed up by six Spomen? So that's uh, archers with spears. I think this is the Golden King of Abrakan, so he act- he does have the money to buy the extra equipment. But I'm I'm more of a fan of the what they called Serpent Guard. Once again, because the higher status and fight four allows you to faint on your extra, you know, chop men. Yeah, great but, point. That's that's another good option yeah. to use with him. But yeah, yeah, if you want the archery, by all means, take some beermen. <laughs> yeah, that'll catch on, David. Well done. There's a few different ways of running the Golden King in terms of with the rest of the Harajimami. I don't like the the 6-6 six, six warband with him because I feel it's a bit too limiting. Like It's forcing you to play in a straight-up shield wall style. And I'm not sure about other people around the world who are listening to this podcast, but we don't generally find shield walls to be that effective um, all the time. Um, generally, we find ourselves getting caught out. So I like to have a bit more redundancy and flexibility in my warbands so i think that you're better off just putting your archers in a different warband and sticking them somewhere else in your army well he's definitely the kind of guy you probably want to be up the front with with four attacks and four wounds he's he's not going to go down too easily he's also got two fate of course so he's quite survivable despite the uh defense five and you do want him to be fighting some stuff so yeah of course that's what that's where you'd like him to be so what kind of weaknesses does the golden king have Obviously, his will is his biggest resource. It's his most valuable resource, so people are going to try and target that if they can. The other resource that is very... Sorry, the other stat that is very sort of a big glaring hole in his profile is his fight value. For a 115-point model, you're usually looking at like a fight 5, probably even a fight 6. He comes in at fight 4, which means his might's going to be used for strikes to make sure he can win a fight and take down a target. 
that for me is his biggest weakness is his fight value. I mean, I've taken this guy down with a tag team combo with Thryden's Wolfbane and Saruman, and they just ripped him to shreds because he couldn't win the fight, and Thryden just put his axe through him. But Thryden and Saruman take down most things. You've That's got true. a wizard and a powerful combat beast, so... This is somewhat of a small weakness, but it's unique to the Golden King, so I'll bring it up here. I've played against him once. He was a nasty piece of work, but he called a heroic move, so he moves first. He then realises he had a bloke on each side of him pinning his two bases in place, so he couldn't actually manoeuvre to get out. So despite the fact he had a clear run forwards and a clear run backwards, the bloke on either side of him pinned him in place. Uh, yeah, that's interesting, the way that his base works. I mean, I can, I can definitely see that hurting you in the long run. Mm. But you can also do some really cool stuff with that base as well. If you're clever and say you're up against a, a goblin line or just a generic fight three line, you can put him on his side and do the the, uh, the the crab walk into combat to block off space because he takes up two and a half bases worth. So you can block off some small corridors and stuff like that quite easily. Yeah, very true. Yep. I think uh, one of his major weaknesses would be uh, enemy spellcasters using sap will. Or just enemy spellcasters in yeah. general. Yeah. But he has got a lot of will, so that could also be seen as if they're going to be throwing sap will at you, he has a lot of will if they've got magic. That's true, but once he's out of will, I mean, what is he doing? He, he's lost his most effective use for you. He's just negated an enemy spellcaster, though. Oh, Because so I, I had Saruman think... the Wise, 170 points, and... Yeah, he, he, well, he had Aura of Command, so that negated the Golden King. But he then couldn't crack the Six Will. Well, that's because it was Avrakan Guard versus Hobbits. So the game didn't last long enough for it to crack Six Will. <laughs> yeah. He would have eventually, but yeah. the game ended too quickly. Uh, I, I don't know, even if you have negated that one spellcaster, if it's a budget wraith, uh, you've got no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah, but that's because budget wraiths are amazing, not because the Golden <laughs> King is weak. All right, all right, fair mm, enough. I think... In that situation, it comes down to the player to take the initiative, get the Golden King behind some terrain, outmaneuver your opponent, stay out of range, wait till late game where he becomes the most effective, becomes most effective, and then bring him out. Then show your hand with him. Because if an enemy spellcaster has a choice between targeting the Golden King and another model, it becomes very hard. And I think that's a very big thing is I think you need to bring him into an army with a secondary threat, a secondary big threat, a Troll Chieftain, a Mumak, a Suladan, something big, nasty, and scary that the enemy spellcaster is going to go, you know what, the Golden King is not my biggest worry at the moment. That big troll on my flank who's about to hurl through my lines, yeah, he's the biggest threat at the moment. Take it back to our Gandalf episode on spellcasters. Best way to take one down is target oversaturation. Best spellcaster has one spell per turn. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that assessment. But when you're saying that you want to be keeping him back in reserve and making sure that you've got that special rule at the end game, a lot of opponents would still regard that as a win because you haven't been able to get that combat effectiveness and the banner as well in there. I think that it comes down to the player to see whether you can get to a point where you can force your opponent to spend all their resources and all their tools at their disposal, make them exhausted so that when you go in, they have nothing left to stop you. Because... It's a dynamic game, twos and fros, and the Golden King, like, he's just running around. It can game change. I have had my A win at Courage 5 with full stats run away because of him before and in the game. I've also seen dragons get hit by the Richard Beyond Renown and just run away on their first wound. Ooh, I've that seen, is a nasty one, yeah. Or Mumak or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. anything like Shilob. that. 
Mm. All those really good characters suddenly just run away. And interestingly, the best way I've seen the Golden King work is bluffing them out so that he can keep hitting multiple targets. And I think that's one thing you want to try and do with your Golden King is bluff your opponent out, mind-gain them. So regards with the use, rather than just being better than your opponent and assuming that you're going to play better, what what you're saying is that you need to gauge your opponent. You need to know exactly what your Golden King will and won't be able to do in a certain game and play him accordingly. Yeah. Um, the ends must justify the means. If you look at the Golden King and go, I need his special rule for late game, I will hide him behind this wall, you've given up, say, five turns with four attack model in combat. But if you decide that you want that special rule at endgame, then by all means, hide him. If you decide it's not that critical, then four attacks at strength, effective six. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with the Golden King, is you need to, you need to live in the moment with him. You need to see how using his special rule is going to affect immediately and how it's going to pan out for the rest of the game. Because like I said, you can mind game your component. You can make them think that you're about to blow all your will to make them run away and then just spend one will. And then they've spent, you know, two might, one will, and made their courage pass on a 15. And then suddenly... And you still have heaps And then you still have heaps yeah. And then next turn, they botch, they fail, you spend a couple more will, and then you can hit a second hero. If you can ever get to a point with the Golden King where you're making two heroes run away from the table, I think that's a win for the Golden King. Oh, for sure. So, uh, would we like to talk about the model? What do you guys think, in, in general, of how that's been sculpted? I don't mind it. I still think he looks top heavy. He's he, he's about to fall over if he corners too sharply, in my opinion. But he seems to be stroking his chin. He seems to be just surveying the battlefield. I, I kind of like it. I don't know about the uh, the face. Is it a mask? Yeah, it's definitely yeah, a, it's mask a mask that he's got on. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if they did that, perhaps just for ease of of sculpt, maybe. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You'd think they would have uh, realized with Suladan that that's not really what people wanted. Pass him over. Let's have yeah, a look. Sure. He also has some scorpions on his palanquin, which I kind of like. You could definitely uh, get a theme going with that. He's sort of stroking his fake beard on his mask. Sort of. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I believe Tienan had an army idea once upon a time, and I think it was, I think it involved um, the Golden King, Shelob converted into a scorpion, uh, the Merchant Guard, some of the generic warriors of Kana, a warhorn in their Taskmasters. Like, it was like this poison-themed scorpion army, and it was a pretty cool idea, and I think it might have worked pretty cool. He's got a scorpion on the side of his chair, he's got scarabs on his back banner, and he's got the red eye up the top as a pennant. So, he's covered in iconography, well, he's covered in livery, we'll say, (laughs) and pretty much you could ally him in with anything, with that mix of symbology. Yeah, like the... uh... Insect slash arachnid theme going on there. That could be a lot of fun. I definitely like uh, that idea that you mentioned about turning Shilob into a scorpion. Very cool. So, what do you guys think about scoring for this model, uh, Kylie? He's a very tricky model, and I'm not sure if I want to give him a high score, and I'm not sure if I want to give him a low score. So, I'm going to give him. I'm going to cop out and give him a five. My thinking is four attacks, four wounds is hard to turn down, but fight four for. A hundred over a hundred points. It it seems like a fairly large weakness to my thinking, but the riches beyond renown is a fairly large strength. So eight, fair enough. I when he first came out, never looked at him as a combat model. I must admit, I always saw him as a support model. And even, despite the fact that he had four attacks in the plus one to wound, I just didn't see him with the fight four doing much at all. I've come around to the fact that. Fight 4 isn't that much of a weakness, especially with the Heroic Strike now. You can definitely go in 
and really tear something up in, in just one turn. So, having said all that, uh, let's say 7 Scorpion Tails out of 10. I like him. Not enough to give him higher than that, but I like him. So, thanks once again for joining me, everybody. And all our loyal listeners out there, remember, traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.